Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. The Lord dealt with me this week. I was, I was thinking about something that I read in the Bible, and I was already doing it, but I read in the Bible where in the New Testament where I was told that I always have to do this. And it just hadn't really, I'd, I'd read those scriptures before, but it hadn't really, uh, I'm in my message now. I'm not on COVID now, okay? <laughs> it, hadn't, it hadn't hit me just like that, that the Bible says I need to do this all the time. And I, like I said, I was already doing it, but it just, it just made an impact that God said, always do this. And then it occurred to me to, to look through the New Testament and find out what else is in the Bible that we're told to always do. You know, only four, found four things. Aren't you glad it's not 40? <laughs> there are four things that we're told that we must always do. Now, I'm not counting walking in love because I didn't find an always scripture. For that, I just I'm talking about four things that it specifically said always. But we know we're taught of God to love one another, and Jesus gave us a commandment to love one another. So we know that. But I'm th- I'm talking about four things that uh, in the in the in the epistles and, and even Jesus talked about something that we must always do. And so I want to talk about those today. Number one, go to Ephesians chapter six. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6, verse number 18, says praying always. Praying always. We are always supposed to be praying. That, and now, you can't, you can't pray while you're swallowing food. You know, you're probably not praying in your sleep. I'm not saying that every moment, literally, of every day. But when it says always, it's something that we need to be doing consistently and not forgetting about. Prayer is one of those things. He said praying always, verse 18, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Many translations read praying with all kinds of prayer. We're supposed to be praying all kinds of prayer, not just one kind. And, and some people don't even know there are different kinds of praying. They just, some people just pray and they don't really even realize that there are different kinds and the different kinds of prayer have different kinds of rules. There are, there are principles that govern one kind of praying that won't apply to another kind of praying. And some of the uh, uh, prayer, the types of prayer that uh, we find in the Bible, there's the prayer of consecration. The prayer of consecration is a prayer that you pray, uh, and you can pray it over and over. It's not just a one-time prayer, but it's a prayer where you dedicate and consecrate yourself to God and to his will. And very often it's prayed whenever you're 
sensing God's leading in a certain way or God's dealing with you about doing something or obeying him in a particular area. And sometimes it's, 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 uh, it's not always the easiest thing to do. You know, you may sense that God is asking something of you that you really don't want to do, like lead praise and worship on Sunday morning. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. <laughs> so, you know, you are like me. Sometimes I don't feel like preaching on Sunday morning. You know, I don't. So because, I, because that's just the way we are. But when I feel like God's leading me to do something, then I, I have to submit to him. I have to bring my place to, myself to a place of consecration where I say, Lord, you know, I, not my will, but your will be done. I, don't, I would prefer not to do this, but I know it's your will and I'm gonna line myself up with your will and I'm gonna start wanting to. That's a prayer of consecration. Uh, there's the prayer of worship, which we've offered today. Worship is the highest form of prayer. Amen. The prayer of worship, the prayer of faith, we're familiar with that. That's the prayer of that when you have a need and you, and you know that God's word covers it and you know that God word, God's word assures you that God, uh, it's God's will that you have that and he's provided it for you, then you pray the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith operates on different rules than the prayer of consecration. It's never right to pray if it be thy will or if it be your will when you're asking something from God that you know the Bible already covers. And if you don't know, then you don't know enough about the Bible. You're supposed to know what belongs to you. And then you pray the prayer of faith. You don't pray if it be your will. You pray, I thank you, Father, that it is your will, and I believe you receive it. There's the prayer of agreement where two or, or three people gather together and pray in agreement on something. There's united prayer when we all lift our voice and begin to pray in a church service or it can be in a prayer service like we have on Monday night. That's united prayer. Uh, there's the prayer of supplication, which is especially heartfelt and earnest prayer. When there's a, when there's a, a pressing need that you sense that's really important and, and, and you must pray, that's the prayer of supplication. And then there's the prayer of intercession when you're praying for other people. And sometimes it can have a burden attached to it. In other words, you feel an urgency to pray for others who may be in danger or suffering some other type of, of uh, uh, situation. And then there's praying in the Spirit, which is praying with other tongues. Now notice in verse 18, it says, praying always with all prayer, or like translation, many translations say, all kinds of prayer, in the Spirit. Did you know you can pray all kinds of prayer in the Spirit? Praying in the Spirit is a kind of prayer in and of itself, but you can pray the prayer of consecration in the Spirit. You can pray the prayer, the prayer of, of, of uh, worship in the Spirit. You can pray the prayer of faith in the Spirit. You can be in faith while you're praying in the Spirit. You can pray the prayer of, of, uh, of agreement in the spirit. It's, it's, you know, when two people are agreed together on something and they both are spirit-filled Christians, it's okay for them to pray in tongues together about it. That would be praying in agreement in the spirit. One translation says praying always with all manner of prayer and, and, and at all times praying in the spirit. So we should be a people of prayer. We should be a people that pray regularly. And it's, in other words, some, for some Christians, 
They go through their week, their day, their week, even longer, and they never really pray. Not, not seriously. They might pray over their food, you know, at, at, at mealtime or something like that. But they really don't have a, a lifestyle of prayer. We ought to have a lifestyle of prayer. We should be always praying. Now go with me to Luke chapter 18. Luke 18. Luke 18, verse number 1. Luke 18, 1. Then Jesus spoke a parable. Then Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and to not lose heart. I think the King James says faint. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Now this is talking about a particular kind of praying where it says we ought always to pray and not lose heart. This is, Jesus is talking just by that one statement. You can see he's talking about something where there is pressure to give up. That you've been praying about something and praying about something and you're becoming discouraged or you could become discouraged because it seems like nothing's happening. That's implied in this verse. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. Now, what kind of a situation uh, would that involve? He gave an illustration. He said there was a certain, in a certain city, there was a certain judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now, this, in this parable, he's not, he's not comparing this God, this judge to God. This is not an illustration of how God is because God's neither unjust and, and he cares about people. So there was in a, in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow, widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she weary me. Now this woman, she was a widow and she had an adversary. Somebody was doing something that was unjust to her. She might have been, uh, she might have been being sued or some other type of legal action taken, but something was going on that she considered was not right and she was feeling oppressed. Have you ever felt oppressed? Have you ever had, and I don't mean just internally, but have you ever had something going on, somebody doing something that was so tormenting that, that it, it, you, you, it was oppressing you? Well, that's what was going on here. We don't know the full nature of it, but that was generally what was happening. So she came to this judge and she said, avenge me or, or vindicate me. She needed to be, she wanted him to do something to vindicate her. He, she wanted this judge to set things right with this oppressor. And he didn't for a while. This is not, a, again, this is not an example of how God does. This is an example of what this unjust judge did. And for a while he ignored her. 
And, but after a while, he, 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 he said, you know, I don't, even though I don't fear her, I don't fear God, I don't regard anybody. Not a real good qualification for a judge, is it? He said, yet because this widow troubles me, I will vindicate her. Lest by her continual coming, she weary me. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. Now, God is not unjust. This is not how God acts. But he said, I want you to pay attention and I want you to listen to what this unjust judge said. What did the unjust judge say? I don't care about her. I don't care about anybody. But simply because she's bothering me, I'm going to go ahead and grant her her petition. I'm going to vindicate her in apparently in, in a legal matter of some kind or a civic matter of something. And... Uh, said, I'm going to take care of this for her because I'm getting tired of hearing her. Jesus said, hear what this unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge or vindicate his own elect who cry out day and night to him though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Now I want to stop here for a minute because this verse, the way it's translated is causes me problems. He's saying that God will vindicate his own children who cry out day and night to him. Now, first of all, if, if, if we're crying out to God day and night, that couldn't be the prayer of faith. Isn't that right? It's not the prayer of consecration because we don't need vindication. It's not the prayer of worship because again, we're troubled. He's talking to us. He's talking about his own elect. That would be us. Shall not God avenge his own, his own elect, his own children who cry out day and night to him? Under what circumstances are we crying out to God day and night? In other words, under what circumstances do we have uh, situations where we're praying to God on an ongoing basis because of something unjust, because of something that's oppressive, something that uh, someone is doing wrong. What kinds of things are there? There aren't that many. Now, if, if Brother Doodad, you know, is talking about you, You know, or somebody's insulted you, or something like that, you're probably not even going to the Lord in prayer about it anyway, because you're bigger than that. You're not a child. I, I'm, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about our prayers for our society, for our nation. Can anybody deny that we sense? Or that we feel a sense of, of, of injustice in what's going on in our, in our nation. Our nation was founded, as you well know, and I'm not preaching about this today, but we all know that our nation was founded on principles of the Bible. Old and New Testament. That is, you can't, you'd have to just be ignorant and deluded or dishonest to deny that. Our nation was founded on principles of our just, our entire uh, 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 
system of justice was based on biblical values, our, our, the morality of our nation was birthed out of revival, Christian revival. That's what gave our nation its conscience. And we have our freedoms, the freedoms that, that are uh, acknowledged in the U.S. Constitution. And again, the freedoms that are acknowledged in the constitutions aren't, on the Constitution aren't granted to us by the Constitution because the Constitution clearly says that all of these rights come from God. That God gave them, they belong to all men everywhere. It's just that the U.S. Constitution acknowledges those rights as coming from God and safeguards those rights. We see our rights threatened all around us. So that's what I thought of when I thought of this. Could apply to other things, obviously. But let's start again and listen to what Jesus said. He said, hear what the unjust judge says. And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Now, here's the tricky part, the rest of this verse. Though he bears long with them. Though he bears long with them. Now, in the context, the unjust judge was being bothered by, uh, or, or this woman, rather, was being bothered uh, excuse me, the unjust judge was being bothered by this woman, okay? As I dug into this a little bit more, I found out the them isn't referring to the, to, the, to the children of God, the elect of God, who are crying out day and night. That's not who them refers to. As I looked into this, several, I look at actually three different Greek authorities. All of them are, are widely recognized across all denominations as being uh, sound uh, Greek uh, apologists or, or, or commentaries. They said that this, this bearing here should be translated forbearing. And it should read like this. Shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, although he forbears with the, the ungodly or the, or the oppressor? The reason it takes us a long time, one reason, one re- just one reason that I hadn't, cons- I hadn't even considered until I saw this. And I, like I said, I looked it up in three different Greek authorities and they all brought out that this is talking about God's forbearance towards the people that need to change. The reason we pray like we do and it takes so long, one reason is that God in his forbearance is giving the ungodly a little bit more time because we sense the injustice. We do. And, and sometimes we, we wonder why, God, why haven't you removed so-and-so from office? Why haven't you struck that person down? Why haven't you, why are they still here? Why haven't you done something? And the reason is God cares about everybody. Not just us, he cares about them. And in his forbearance, his forbearance 
results in things not changing right away. God could just take them all out. He could. You notice he hasn't. Still bothering us. But you know, we, we were all the recipients of that forbearance. Not just one time in our life, but many times in our lives. That God just, you know, he just, he, judgment didn't come. Judgment could have come, but it didn't come. Because God loved us. He was putting up with us. He was giving us more time. I honestly believe this is one reason why things don't change as quickly as we'd like them to. Because God's looking at a bigger picture than we are. Because on the one hand, we're God's elect. We're God's chosen. We're we're protected. No matter what happens in this nation, we're protected. Doesn't matter what kind of laws are passed. We have rights and authority that's in Christ that supersedes our, our, our anything that, that the government can do. They can try to oppress us. I'm not saying they are, but I'm just saying they could. They could try to oppress us, but because we are in Christ, we're going to rise above. We'll rise above everything. Amen. So God, God, God expects us to live above the problem. He expects us to, to, though we pray about the injustice because we see things going the wrong way in our nation, we pray about it and we should. But in the midst of our praying about it, we still have to rise above it. We have to live above it. We have to uh, rejoice above it. We have to understand that we are citizens of a greater land than this land. We have a greater authority, a greater ruler We have more help. We have provision that this world doesn't know anything about. And it doesn't matter what happens. God will deliver. God will deliver. God will make things right. But he's telling us to keep on praying. And not be discouraged. That was verse 1. Men ought always to pray and not give up. Let us not give up in our praying and understand that one reason, so one reason is that it takes time to turn things. We understand in the spirit because other people will, people's will uh, can be involved. But another thing that I never saw and, and it's brought out in this verse, if you look at it in the Greek, is because of God's forbearance, things don't change right away. Well, thank God for that. But what's he say next? Let me get over there to it again. I tell you, he will vindicate them speedily. Say, well, it doesn't sound like it's been speedily. We've been praying this way for two years. You know, God's God's definition of speedy must not be mine. What it's telling, it's not necessarily saying, you can interpret it that way, but it's not necessarily saying God will do it right now. But what I'm saying, when God does it, he's going to do it. God can turn things around quickly. He can, th- he can turn things around real quick. And, and when we continue to pray, 
When we continue to hold fast, not giving up, not being discouraged, understanding that there are other uh, spiritual laws involved, uh, involved here like his forbearance, understanding that, but we continue to cry out to God in the prayer of supplication and intercession. Can stay at it, church, because the time is come. The, the speedy day is coming. The day of God's quick answer is coming, praise God. Let's just keep on rejoicing, keep on praying. And, and yes, yes, we cry out, but we don't, we don't cry out in despair. We lift our voice in urgency and in supplication, but not out of fear, not out of discouragement, not out of hopelessness, but out of faith, knowing that, that, that our God will avenge, our God will vindicate the prayers of the righteous, praise God. Well, hallelujah. Belongs to us. We ought always to pray. Amen. Then he said something. I'll just close this out with this. I, I didn't know the service was going to go this way. Thank you, uh, Michelle. She followed the Holy Ghost this morning. And, uh, you know, we have a, a lesser crowd like this. It can be an effort. But she stayed with it. And, and I thought she was going to preach there for a while. Actually, uh, Michelle, I was thinking, I'm just going to turn this over to you and let you go on and let you preach. <laughs> Set the stage. Really, really brought the right uh, uh, atmosphere in. But uh, so I didn't really realize I was just going to get to point one. I know my history, but I thought I'd get past point one. <laughs> he said this. He said, and I have to tell you this. He said, I tell you, verse eight, he will avenge them speedily. I'm telling you the day of God's speedy answer will come. Nevertheless, <laughs> look it up in the Bible. I mean, look, not the Bible. Look it up in the dictionary. Nevertheless, synonyms for, for nevertheless is however <laughs> are still, it's not, not the most encouraging word. Nevertheless, he's, God's going God's gonna, to God's gonna answer our prayers. Still, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Jesus, now this isn't talking about his return to catch away the church. Because when he comes to catch away the church, he's not interested in the earth. He's not coming for people who are of the earth. He's coming for his uh, chosen uh, children. He's going to catch us away. This is talking about when he comes back at his second coming. When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Sadly, according to the Bible... Very little, if any faith, will be left on the earth when Jesus comes. So why is that statement in there? He's saying that, yes, he will answer our prayers. He will, because we have the power to petition God and change things. God will answer our prayer, but what he's saying is, don't think it's going to turn the world around. This world is headed for judgment. The ungodly, the unrepentant. Ungodly in this world who deny God, hate God, and fight for everything against God. God's going to answer our prayers and turn some things around that we've been praying for where our elections are concerned. We're praying about things. God's going to do that. And it's going to help us. But it's not going to change the course of this world. You don't have to read very far. You can read in First uh, and Second Thessalonians. You can read in the book of Revelation. When Jesus comes back, this world's going to be in a mess. 
There's not going to be a lot of faith here, if any. So let us not, let us not think that, that the world's going to get better. It's not. But there can be revival because the church prayed and we can take people out of the world system. We can bring them into the kingdom of God. Before Jesus comes, there can be a mighty move of God. But I'm telling you, in the face of that, there will be the ungodly. And as taken as a whole, this world is not going to get better. I'm sorry to tell you that it's not. We're living in a cursed world, living among cursed men. And, and uh, that condition is heading in the, in the direction that the Bible tells us it would head. But let us not lose heart. Let us not back off. Let us not be discouraged because God will answer speedily. Amen. Glory to God. And, and, and God, because he wants, to, he wants to, to rescue as many as he can out of that darkness. He puts up with things for a little bit longer than maybe we would. He, he endures a little bit longer. He suffers a little bit longer with the ungodly because he's waiting on us to continue to pray for them so that in response to our prayers, he can bring them out, bring them into his family. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I hope that helped you. It helped me a lot. I'd just never seen that before. Glory to God. God is so good to us. We have so much to be thankful for. Glory to God. We should, in, in spite of everything that's going on around us, we know the nation's in trouble. I, t- I tell you that very often to, to, to stir you up. The nation is in trouble. But Jesus is still Lord of us. He's still Lord of the church. God is still God. He's still the speedily answering God. He's still the God who responds to the cries of his children. Will not God consider this unjust judge? Will not God answer the prayers of his own? Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. Though there's some forbearance involved, and he's putting up with some stuff for a little bit longer. The time is coming. The day is coming. Glory to God. Things are going to change in, 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 uh, in that God will send a revival, a renewal in our nation if we'll continue to pray. And people that, that don't look like they'll ever get saved will come into the kingdom of God. People will, will be saved. People will be set free. And, and we will have breathing room again as the church. Amen. Glory to God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.